Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. What's going on and welcome into another game day edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson. Hope all is well, ready for the weekend, ready for another late night of Pelicans basketball as the Pelicans take on the Los Angeles Lakers, 9 p.m. Central tonight. You can watch it on Fox Sports New Orleans with two of the guys that are joining me today. That's Joel Myers and Antonio Daniels. Jim Eichenhofer also joins me from Pelicans.com as we kind of want to preview tonight's game and just talk about this team through 10 games. First off, guys, how are you? Happy game day, and thanks for joining me today. Well, it's awesome to be here, man. It's awesome to be here. It's always good to join you guys. Excellent. All right, let's kind of go through uh, real quick. You know, this team is four and six through 10 games. They missed one game with a postponement of the Dallas game on Monday. I'm going to go around the virtual room here and kind of just give me one thing that's has stuck out to you as far as the start for the season. It could be whether it's coaching, could be a certain player, could be the style that the Pelicans play. I'll start with Jim and work my way around. Jim, just give me one thing that's kind of stuck out to you through the first 10 games for the Pelicans. I think – it's been a little frustrating because of the close losses and obviously the homestand was just missed opportunities. So I think I'm sure we'll get into this, but from a broad standpoint, I'm very encouraged about the future of the team based on what I've seen lately, especially the last game Wednesday. But in terms of what we're talking about right now, as far as this season and being four and six, I think it's just been tough because of the, the chances to get wins that haven't been there. So that, that would be my quick overview of the first 10 games. What about you, AD? That's a great point Jim just made because I could not agree with him more. You think at how different this would look and the different conversation we will be having right now if you take care of the four-game homestand prior to going on a seven-game road trip. And what stood out is the lack of experience thus far in closing games. And I'll say it and I'll say it all the time, the refining process is never a comfortable one. You know, anytime you have to learn to close, you don't step into this league of closer. So when you lose three games, three different ways, when you're up six with 20 seconds to go, and then against Oklahoma City, you are losing against a team that is struggling. And then you're up 18 points against Charlotte and then lose that lead. So the refining process is never a comfortable one, but it's one that's needed to get to where you want to get to as a team. I think that's one of the things that has stood out. How different this could look right now in the conversation we would be having if we took care of that four-game homestand. How about you, Joel? 
Yeah, and at what AD brought up and Jim mentioned, if you take care of the basketball better, uh, the previous, the last two games on the homestand, you're probably going to win those games because the Pels gave up 27 and 24 points off turnovers alone in those two games. So take care of the ball. I, I'm really encouraged by a bunch of things. And that's the way they're buying into what Stan's doing. And Stan is just, it's so refreshing. He's so blunt and honest. I appreciate his candor after games. Uh, there's a lot of things to like. And especially after what we saw from the two young guards last game, there's still going to be mismatches. We know the, the Pels don't have enough wings of size. So you're, you've got Josh Hart on a guy like Paul George, who's got three or four inches and length on him. But overall, there's a lot of positives over the first 10, despite the frustrations of giving away those games at home. Absolutely. This is kind of more if anyone wants to chime in, but and this might be a question for David Griffin, but it seems like how is this team trying to find the balance of seeing what their future is like with some of these young guys? You know, we talk about Nikhil getting an opportunity, Kyra getting an opportunity, but also remaining competitive. They want this team to, you know, get a playoff run, at least, you know, compete for a playoff spot. How are you trying to find that balance of seeing what you have in this young guys and also remain competitive? Is that even, you know, a fair question to ask? AD's shaking his head. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. That, that, that's very difficult to do because when, when you're talking about the future, um, some of the things you need are here now. You know, you look at J.J. Redick and the amount of miles that he has on his tires, but he has a skill set that no one else on this team possesses. So you have to put him out there and play him. Um, it's tough when you're a guard-heavy team. Because Jackson right now, because the front court can be a little thin, is getting his reps. But in the back court with Nikhil and with Kyra Lewis Jr., those guys, when you come to a team that is already guard heavy with Lonzo Ball and Eric Bledsoe and Josh Hart and J.J. Redick, you know, and now you add those two younger guys in there, now that just adds to it. So I, that's, that's why they get paid the bucks that they get paid because these are the difficult decisions that people don't understand that go into being in that front office. It's not as easy as it looks. You can't just throw guys in and take guys out. This is not a video game. This is not 2k. You know, there are emotions involved. There are contracts involved. There are egos involved. There's chemistry involved. And all of that stuff is important when you're talking about putting the best product on the floor that you can to try and get to that playoff run that you alluded to, Daniel. I think, if there's a season, unfortunately, where I think some of these things will kind of solve themselves in some ways, at least short term, it's this one because you you are we already experienced you know obviously Zion missed the game Wednesday and we, there's been a couple injuries with guards so um, I obviously it goes without saying that we never want to see any injuries we never want to see so far the Pelicans especially compared to a lot of teams have been pretty good on the the COVID front as far as positive tests and that kind of thing. But I think Wednesday was an example of, you know, this is a season where you you definitely benefit from having, you know, extra guys. Obviously, it's going to be, as AD said very well, it's going to be tough to sort out everything in terms of, you know, roles changing from game to game. And there's more guys that you want to get on the court than you could possibly get on the court in a 48-minute game. But um, I think I do think we've seen this so many times over the course of the 82-game season, 72 this year. Unfortunately for us in New Orleans, there's been injury issues and that kind of thing over the years. But I do think that that one way or the other, I mean, this is a season where we might get to see a lot more guys play 
than we normally would under the the usual circumstances, which yeah. would be good and bad. Yeah, you, you got to be realistic about it, guys. And you guys brought up the the balance. You want to be competitive. It'd be the ultimate to finish in the top ten, and even if it's seven, eight, nine, or ten, because then you're in the play-in game, and that's a great experience. But realistic, it, that point is, I want to get the young guys reps. I want to find out as I move forward with this team and the core of this team. So it, there's a lot to like what we've already seen. Steven Adams has been a revelation. He's been great. He's been unbelievable with the defensive end of the floor. The reason the Pels are where they are on the boards, Steven, Brandon, a couple of guys uh, that have helped out as well. Uh, but you do want to build for the future. You have to be realistic. You want to find the, the balance, as you guys mentioned, but at the same time, you're investing in your first-round picks because those are going to be your core moving forward. So you got Brandon Ingram and Zion. You know those two guys moving forward. They're the face of your franchise. Now who's going to be there to complement them? And that's, as you said, Jim, uh, being realistic in a season of 72 games, where it's going to be choppy anyway because of COVID and, and the protocols and missed games and makeup games, uh, just get an idea of what you have for down the road purposes. And I also think too, to add one thing real quick, I know people a lot of times, especially in the media, we get caught up in the idea that you have to pick one or the other, that you have to, you know, either develop the young guys or compete. But I like Griff's thing that he said from day one, where he mentioned that you want to get these guys in meaningful games because I think that's only going to help down the road. You don't want to have a, have a series of two, three years in a row where the end of the season you're playing and you're just playing off the string and it doesn't matter. I think it can only help some of the guys. Um, Brandon Ingram hasn't been in the playoffs before for him to, to be playing in games that matter where he's the go-to guy at the end of the regular season, for example, and other teams are gunning for him and they, they have a target on his back defensively. I think stuff like that is only going to help. So I, I like the idea of trying to be competitive and trying to play in games that matter at, at the end of the regular season. And as Joel said, to have a goal, a specific goal of, you, you know, every team wants to be in the top six, but now it's also the top 10 to be part of that plane, I think is big. And that, that's difficult. I, I, I can't lie. I mean, like, and, and honestly, Daniel, that's a fantastic question. That's a fantastic mm -hmm. question that I think the question, um, I, I don't know the solution. Right. You know, th that's tough because um, you're not sure. You're, you're sure on one hand who is a part of your future as far as Kyra Lewis, who you drafted, Nikhil Alexander, who you drafted, Zion, who you drafted. You traded for B.I. and you paid him. Jackson Hayes, who you drafted. So that's the organic piece of it. But there's another piece that comes along with this on who do you want to be a part of your future? Who do you see in your future moving forward? And I think that's the that's the difficult piece. Right. And if you're, you know, if you're deciding this keep with this young core, who are you surrounding them with that complement them and make them better as they are, are making their way through the NBA? So there's a lot of questions with that, but I figured it was a good time to ask. And another thing, piggybacking off that, through 10 games, you know, we've had some national guests on here, and I've asked them, like, who surprised, who surprised them around the league? What stuck out through you know, first couple of weeks and they're like, it's so early to tell, right. you know, which teams are, you know, for real, which teams are just struggling right now. And I think it goes for every team, but with a team like the Pelicans and I'll start with Jim and work my way around is that what is the sample size that you need to figure out what team you have? You have a new head coach. You've had a lack of training camp. It's hard to even come by with getting practices in. 
Um, you basically, your identity from last year was run, pace, offense, go. This year, it's slowing things down, defensive identity, and then, you know, keep everyone collapse the paint, play defense there. So how long will it take for us to identify what kind of team we have this year, Jim? It seems like in a normal year, most people say 15 or 20 games, but obviously this is anything but a normal year. So I wonder if it's going to take longer than usual that we might be talking maybe 30 ish games where you're almost halfway through a 72 game season. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that's interesting, I think with new Orleans and this applies to a bunch of teams across the league. I think if you had a time capsule and you went back like 10 days and you listen to people talk about the Pelicans and then you talked about it and listen to people talk about today, it would be so much different. And I think there's a bunch of other teams that fit that same, same um, category, Brooklyn, the first week of the season, people were like, you know, they're going to take over the league. They're going to dominate Atlanta got off to a great start. And then all of a sudden they lost a bunch of games in a row. So there's so many quirky aspects of this season too, in terms of player availability. And I know that's part of it, but I think that's one thing that has been really interesting to me so far is just, there's been these wild swings for so many teams, including the Pelicans from week to week, as far as what you're getting and, and just the conversation about them overall. And that, that's a really good point because honestly, outside of the Lakers, you can't think of a team that hasn't gone through exactly what Jim has just referred to. You can think of the Clippers losing by 50 at home to Dallas. Then you can think of Milwaukee getting blown out by the Knicks. You know, you can think of Charlotte getting off to a rough start and then winning four or five games in a row. What Jim is talking about is there is no team thus far that has been consistent all the way through. Yeah. You know, and now it's, it's, this season will be different for a number of different reasons. Home court, does it really matter? You know, if know. you win at home or you win on a road when there really, really aren't many fans there, you know, so it, it's a lot that's going into this season that makes it different. And usually what you say is, you know, let's give it 20 games. But I think the identity with this team is already in front of us. It's just, can they play to that identity and be the best version of themselves within that, that identity is what remains to be seen. Because this is going to be a team that is physical up front with a physical front court. You know what they want to do defensively. They want to protect the paint, which is tough to do in a three-point driven era. So you're going to have to give that time to, to take hold. But I think the identity is there already as far as what the way Stan Van Gundy wants to play. But whether or not they become the best version of themselves within that identity, I think remains to be seen. What about you, Joel? Yeah, well, I, I like what AD and Jim said, and, and I also look at what Griff has said in the past to make things sustainable because it's big picture and it's long-term with this franchise. And I like what I see already from that standpoint. Uh, they played, to me, one of the top two teams in the Western Conference, the Clippers. They lost one quarter that cost them the game, the second quarter, 35-15. They were 5 for 25. We can go down the list. Clips got to the line. They were 10 of 10 but they actually persevered. And I like the, the fight, the battle that this core has already. And I like the connection they have with the new staff. Usually it takes a long time and AD can, can talk about that because he played at the highest level. But it seems like everybody is all in, fully invested, which I really like. And, and they battled back and they outscored him 63-50 in the second half and, and shot lights out. Pels were incredible, 25 of 40. The difference is eight more threes for the Clippers. So what you have to do is stand centered post game. I watch the videos like you guys do. Close harder. 
be attached. Don't leave that side that far away on the weak side so they can skip it and beat you. Uh, you can see Stan's frustration, but he understands that he's got guys that are really working hard for him. That's the really encouraging aspect. And, and then in the big picture, there's a reason you took Jackson eighth overall. He's coming off maybe his best game, most complete game as a Pell with 10 boards, five at the offensive end. We, we see little glimpses because we haven't seen much of Kyra. But AD and I have talked about on the telecast, he's got that short space spurt ability. And I love the fact that Nikhil is playing like Shea with pace, his own pace, and didn't rush things last game because he knew he was going to get minutes. He's not going to be yanked. So what's, what's developing is really solid. But I think it's what Griff said earlier. And in the big picture, you want to make it sustainable. Zion and Brandon aren't going anywhere. Steven Adams isn't either. Uh, you find out about everybody else on the roster in the big picture, who you want down the road, because this is, overall, this is a super young team still, and we can't lose sight of that. So I like what's developing. It's frustration. There's no question. You can see the anguish through a mask with Stan Van Gundy, but everything that the guys are doing right now on the coaching staff. And you know what, Daniel, Joe just said something that, that, and that's the refining process that I'm talking about. The one that's not comfortable. So it's the understanding that come along with rotations, schemes, knowing your personnel and understanding. And you can only get that through reps. And the refining process, when I say it's not comfortable, it's understanding when you're down two points. I know what the defensive philosophy says, but that's George Hill right there when I don't leave him. You know, right. th those, are, those are the things where those are the difference between winning and losing games, but that's also the difference with learning on the fly. These reps that Kyra's getting, these reps that Nikhil are getting, these reps that Jackson Hayes are getting, these reps that Brandon Ingram are getting, like Jim alluded to earlier, where now you have a target on your back and your name is the first one on the board that they are scouting and scheming for, these will definitely pay uh, dividends down the road. All right, uh, because I don't have the Zoom premium, we are running out of time, so I'm going to give you all one more <laughs> quick ching around the round table. We'll talk about tonight, uh, Pelicans and Lakers. Lakers, you mentioned, uh, Joel, as far as home for or whether there is one. Uh, all the Lakers' losses have come at home. They're 7-0 on the road. They're 3-3 three and three at home. Um, but another big test for the Pelicans. Again, I'll start with Jim and work my way around. Um, what are you looking out for tonight? You know, obviously, we don't know about Eric Bledsoe yet. Zion Williams, when you get back, and obviously Lonzo's out. Jim, what are you looking for in tonight's matchup between the Pelicans and the Lakers? I mean, I think what I'm going to say is going to be what a lot of people um, think about in terms of the game tonight as far as just Nikhil Alexander-Walker following up what he did Wednesday. Kyra Lewis, you know, we don't know Eric Bledsoe's status. He's questionable. So that whether he plays or not will might affect Kyra a little bit more than it does Nikhil. But I, I think that's the biggest thing that I just want to see those guys play well again and, and just back up what they did two days ago. Eddie? Me too. I, I cannot agree with Jim any, anymore. Um, it, the difficult part in this league is being consistent. You know, it's easy to do. I won't say easy, but you've seen many guys do what Nikhil did for one night. Being consistent and how are you playing when you're not in the zone? What are you bringing to the table when you're not in the zone and when that shot's not falling? And that's what I'm interested to see, how this team responds. You know they're going to fight. You know they're going to battle. You know, you know they're going to persevere. But I'm interested to see if Nikhil, if Kyra, and if Jackson Hayes can follow up, not with 37 for Nikhil and 10 for Kyra and Jackson Hayes having another great game. 
I'm just talking about the consistency where now as an analyst and as a fan, you can understand what you have in these guys and get used to expecting that on a night to night basis. Yeah, I want to see it backed up as well. And also play to your strengths. Pels, uh, they're not shooting well from beyond the arc. We know that. But they're dominating teams inside. And it was 52-20 points in the paint last game. So do what you do best. Their only AD is a rim protector. Marcus Gasol's no longer a rim protector. Lakers don't have a lot of rim protectors right now. So do what you do, which is getting inside. And I want to see the pace that Nikhil played with. The same kind of flow that he didn't rush things. He didn't he didn't turn the ball over except one time, and that's in what thirty three minutes of play. Uh, also, Kyra, what he did in in short glimpses, I liked. He didn't rush. That he took what the defense gave him, and he also I, I liked that both guards got into the paint with the potential of making their teammates' jobs easier as well. Because if they attract attention. And you get off that high Stephen Adams screen and get into the paint, good things are going to happen, whether it's around the paint or a kick out for a wide open, whether it's a two or a three. So play to your strengths, which is the boards, the paint, and, and just develop that way. And especially for the guys, Zion's coming back. So that's going to be big. There's no question about that. But I, I also want to see the, the increased development of Nikhil and Kyra. I think it's a really healthy time for those two. Should be a fun one tonight between the Pelicans and the Lakers, 9 p.m. Central time. You can watch it nationally on ESPN, but of course, you need to support your local announcers and watch it on Fox Sports New Orleans. They're with the Tell team them, all Daniel. the time. Tell they them, know Daniel. what they're Say talking about. <laughs> make sure you watch it on Fox Sports New Orleans, wherever you are. If you have League Pass, make sure to turn on Fox Sports New Orleans. And you can listen on ESPN New Orleans, 100.3 FM with pregame coverage starting at 8.30, then the Pelicans and Kings Sunday night at 8 p.m., and then they'll continue the road trip next week, Utah, and then Utah, and then Minnesota to wrap things up. Guys, I really appreciate the time, and uh, we'll do this again soon. Thanks, Thanks Daniel. All right, for Jim and Antonio and Joel, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by Seeking.